You're listening to People Real by Brandon Knopf. Hey, you folks, it's Brandon with People Real. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up that the upcoming audio, again, unfortunately has some issues with audio, um, or rather the sound. There's a lot of background noise that might not be so enjoyable. It's a little cacophonous. Uh, so just a heads up, um, but the information, I believe, or at least the the content of today's podcast was pretty good. So hopefully you will still enjoy. And then again, like I said, um, as usual, um, let me know if you'd like me to record the same, you know, episode or some of the topics in the episode uh, with much better audio quality. So thanks for listening. And hopefully you don't get too annoyed at the sound. Um, Hopefully it's not a reason why you're going to give us bad reviews. Uh, But hopefully it will just give you some inspiration to let us know that you want it to be better quality. All right. Thanks again. Good afternoon or good evening. It could be even good morning. It's Brandon Na with People Real. Today's focus is education. And for today's episode, we're going to focus on one of the most important letters in the English alphabet. So, um, I've had this question that I've asked students and parents for many, many years. And the reason is because it focuses in on a concept or an idea that I would argue a lot of people do understand, but they fail to apply. And it's been natural for me since birth to apply this strategy, if you want to call it, or focus on it. It's actually quite simple. And today we're going to talk a lot about it and really help you understand how it might apply to the rest of the world. So again, this is about education. So learning this is one thing and applying it is another, but we do believe it can help you with both. All right. So the last time I actually asked this question in a larger audience and possibly the most audience, or sorry, the most important audience of my lifetime at that time at least, was a group of parents that were analyzing and questioning me for the first time. So let me give you a little bit of the backstory. So around 2013, I had joined a company out in Shanghai. During that time, um, I was tasked right at the beginning to take over the middle school programs. But At the time, we were trying to figure out a way into the local population where if we would have gotten perhaps the local parental leaders or the ones that make some of the bigger decisions or are very influential to the rest of the population, we felt like we would have an opportunity to expand that middle school group and hopefully a segment that would help the company. So this company, I will be happy to say, or I'm happy to disclose, was a company called New Pathway. It was run by a Korean American um, 
at the time by the name of Sam Huang. Sam was my boss, and Sam's the one who recruited me. Well, Sam launched New Pathway after starting as an individual tutor, and he was very successful. Uh, he applied a concept or a strategy that I would say I use, but he does it in a little different of a manner. He would just intensely tell students to achieve things and motivate them and do everything to support them in order to get to their goals. It worked so well that his company grew quite large. Um, and when I say large, I mean it went from an individual to almost 100 people. Um, at the time that I was there, I think we had just broached uh, the 100 mark, uh, give or take. Well, anyway, I was tasked to increase that market or rather, you know, as the 100th or so employee, I was tasked to help improve this particular part of the company, which was, was really small at the time. And I had a history of helping other companies. One in particular I grew or helped grow from a handful of academies to 16 by the time that I was finished with them. And they were around 500 or so students and grew to about 7,000 um, under my wings, I guess, or at least uh, under my abilities to recruit and manage all the instructors that helped, helped lead the way. I also managed and helped the, the branch managers take care of their affairs as well. And so I was considered probably number two in the company at the time. And so with that success, Sam had hoped that maybe I could do the same for him. And I was about to. And one way that I did start this was I was supposed to influence, I think it was around nine parents, and those nine parents' decisions to educate their kids basically full-time with our school or our academy beyond their private school that they attended called YK Pal. Now, these kids I actually keep in touch with until this day and even periodically am able to hear updates from their parents. But my task was to persuade these parents and these parents were very critical and they were very, very suspicious to anybody who had you know, come to potentially teach their kids. And actually, what I had to persuade wasn't necessarily them coming on board, but was them to stay on board. And the reason why is my predecessor, this other gentleman who had three degrees, a bachelor's, master's, and a PhD from three universities that you all recognize, Princeton, Yale, and I can't remember the third one, but it was in the Ivy League, I believe. So he had three basically Ivy League degrees. And now remembering his name, I think his name was Patrick Shore. Um, and Patrick had this impressive, impressive background um, and was not, you know, I'm Korean. And so to be honest, these Chinese parents and these Chinese students probably wanted to have either an American, like someone who is Caucasian, um, or somebody who is Chinese. And those would probably be number one and number two, or number two and number one. A Korean would be a little bit further down the scale. So I came in with a disadvantage. Not only did I not have these Ivy League degrees, not only did I not have this, you know, ethnic makeup that would have been ideal for me, and on top of that, 
I had no real way of resonating with these individuals because I was a complete stranger to them. So how did I do it? Well, we had a seminar. And during the seminar, I was standing in front of all these people who don't even speak English, by the way. And I asked this question. And the question was, what is the most important letter in the English alphabet? Now, I can't remember how long it took me to think up this little strategy and also this little uh, lesson. But what it did do in the end was truly persuade these people that I could teach their kids. Because that one lesson by itself helped not only their kids understand what was the most important thing to further their education, but it was something that I would argue that has been a a common, or rather, a, a strong theme in my life. And not only my life, but it's probably a theme that a lot of very successful people have applied in their lives. So guess, what is the most important letter in the English alphabet? So a lot of people speculate like the first letter, which makes a lot of sense, or maybe one of the first three, B or C. You know, So A, B, or C might be your choices. That's fine. And they would give justifications as to why they would actually believe A or B or C was the most important letter. Well, I would push them and I would continue to ask them despite whatever they said, why? Some would say, like I said, that it was one of the initial letters. Others might say something like, oh, it's a used or commonly used letter. Like for example, S or T or maybe one of the vowels. So these would be guessed as the most important letter. But again, I would ask them why? And they would continue to explain themselves. So we would go around for a few minutes explaining or choosing and explaining what these different letters meant to them. And so it was a nice exercise in just understanding who they were and how they think. Sometimes there were people who were very silent because they were just really perplexed at what the question was and they didn't know how to answer, which does happen a lot in classrooms. So this exercise or this lesson was also very important because it showed how I could actually control a classroom or how I could lead a lesson for their kids. Well, eventually, after a number of guesses, because you're not going to continue doing this exercise until they get exhausted, but I would eventually tell them my answer. And my answer was why. No, not the word why, but the letter why. Why? because it did represent the word Y. Now, the letter Y really isn't the most important letter in the English alphabet, but the word Y really is. And through this lesson of asking them and then having them justify why was what helped them understand why I said Y was the most important letter because it represented something. And as you're listening to me here today, you're trying to understand why would I use this lesson where I question people about the most important letter, say it's why, and then not use why. And also on top of that, basically prove to myself or even other people who are listening to this that it doesn't make sense, which is good. Why? Because it questions. It really makes you think. It's part Socratic. It's also part inquisitive in a lot of ways, which is part of the Socratic method. 
It helps you figure out what is happening with whatever you see. Too many people in this world accept how things work. And they continue to just accept why it was created in the first place. But as time goes on, we also know that things change. And then sometimes that those reasons why they were originally created go away. And that is why, in my opinion, why companies lose this ability to resonate with their consumers. It's because they forget why those customers actually bought their products and services in the first place. I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent that would be closer to the startup's product or maybe even talk about digital, but it does end up literally permeating all these different areas, not just startups or not, you know, digital, but it actually helps us with all the other things like the disciplines that people end up, you know, pursuing after going to school. Let's say you're a doctor. And as a doctor, you need to understand why certain things occur. You're always examining the causes. You are constantly trying to delve into why things basically occur. And if you don't, that could be a problem. Because if you lose touch, and on top of that, if you literally are not understanding why certain things occur, you may lose relevance, or you may also fail to help someone get a, a remedy or, or a solution to their own you know, ailments or whatnot. So it's very, very critical that you actually focus on the why. And over time, you will also have issues where if you're not paying attention to that, you may fail to help your you know, patients. And as a result, you may lose them and then go out of practice. Maybe even to a certain degree, you may even lose your licenses. So it's very, very important. I mean, let's think about today in the, in the you know, situation with COVID. There are constant questions right and left as to why this thing has actually plagued the entire world. There are a lot of questions why it attacks perhaps um, the elderly or older populations. Fortunately, we figured out a lot of it thus far, but if we're not constantly questioning, we will not get to the ultimate you know, solution or, or cure for this really terrible, terrible virus. So that is something that is very important for us to understand. And so when I was growing up, I would constantly ask my teachers, why? Then my teacher would explain something further and then say, this is the reason. And then I'd say, why is that the reason? Another thing that is constantly being debated and is causing a lot of headaches for everyone these days is about the news. Information. News and information these days is so widely distributed that, frankly, we have too many sources of information. And with that, there's a lot of contradictions, a lot of conflict over which information is proper or correct. And, you know, these days we even have a silly president. Yeah, I will sit on one side of the political, you know, um, you know, ecosystem and say, yes, he's silly because what he does is he manipulates situations where he doesn't feed into the why. 
What he does do is he makes a lot of assumptions and then lets people kind of figure out the why themselves and automatically gravitate towards certain beliefs without questioning. They do not even examine why. They don't understand where the information is coming from. I was taught, honestly, in school to evaluate all information from literally the primary source, not being a secondary source, but rather the primary source. I was told to go right down to the data, right down to the bit. Frankly, I was always told that the only way I could get to the truth is really find what is the raw information or the raw source for anything that we actually read or see or hear today. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't. They just assume some other person who interpreted it actually gave them the right answer or gave them the right information or assume their news is always being truthful. But I would argue most of us should not. Now, I will share this other lesson uh, someday um, as far as what it could do to help your children or help basically yourself become more educated. And that is my number one lesson, which I teach all of my kids or all my students. I tell them all the time, do not trust your teacher. That's the first lesson I teach all my students right on the first lesson or in that first lesson. Why? Because I want them to actually dig in and get to the information or causes or just literally understand things beyond what I say. Because I'm only one individual. I don't know everything. When I define a word or help someone understand the definition of something, it shouldn't be accepted right away. Sure, it might make sense. But you should vet that information yourself. You should always look up and make sure whatever you've been taught is correct. It never hurts to review. Frankly, it's probably to your benefit that you do. So do that in all the lessons that you do uh, or take these days or will take in the future. Question. I swear if you figure out the why, you'll be more successful. Now, like I said... Not only would I question my students or, sorry, my teachers, um, and I would question other people who'd give me information, but as I grew older, I started to look at other things as well. For example, I would go into a restaurant and I would look at the walls. I would look at the tables. I would look at the staff. I would pay attention to all the behavior. And I would think to myself, like, why does that actually occur? Like, why do they open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.? Why is the manager not here? Who is the manager, to be honest? But why is the manager not here? Why is he or she not here to take care of me? Don't they care? These kind of questions would always be in my head. And what it has done is it's helped me understand so much. And it has helped me, frankly, become much more successful at all the endeavors that I ended up pursuing. And, and speaking of, just in case anybody's curious, yes, if you look me up, you'll figure out where my education is. You might find my link pro, LinkedIn profile, which will help you understand that. You will also um, you know, look up probably my career information like from company to company. And I'll, I'll share uh, this in more detail at some point, but I will tell you this. So first off, let's talk about my education. I graduated from the University of Puget Sound. 
It's a small liberal arts college in the United, or sorry, in Washington State. It's considered possibly what the number two liberal arts university in Washington State, a state that has very intelligent people, and frankly, is a state that a lot of very successful people have come from. Now, is it the best? No. Could I go to Middlebury or could I go to, let's say, Swarthmore or, you know, Amherst and all these other private liberal arts colleges in the Northeast that might be considered better in terms of brand value? Sure. But I'll be honest, that school seemed very, very important to me at the time. And also I got into a program called the Business Leadership Program, which was an undergraduate like MBA. So I basically got accepted into an MBA program as a high school student. So... I had a pretty decent GPA. I can say that my SAT was pretty bad. But what I can tell you is that, yeah, I was probably in the upper echelon. And that's the reason why I uh, could get into that school. But I actually got into the school that I wish and I still to this day regret not going to. And that was the University of Washington. Yeah, I got in. But two years later, after I kind of screwed the pooch at the University of Puget Sound because I really didn't care. I ended up applying again to the University of Washington and getting denied. Yeah, can you believe that? But here's the funny thing, or irony, or ironic thing. After I graduated from the University of Puget Sound, or when I was close to graduating, I ended up um, needing a few extra credits. Why? Because I got sick with a strain of E. coli in my senior year. And so I had to take literally about six months off and got failing grades. So those professors didn't understand why, and they just automatically flunked me. So I decided, okay, well, I'll just withdraw and get out of these classes and then figure out some other way to graduate. Well, after doing so, I, you know, finished off that semester and then finished off the last semester, but I still needed some credits. And so the irony was I had to go to the University of Washington, get those credits. And then once I got them, I was able to graduate. But did I have a University of Washington degree? Because I went, or sorry, I got accepted, but didn't go, and then took an an extra set of classes there at the end? No, I got the University of Puget Sound degree. And guess what happened for the rest of the, uh, you know, the next 20 or 30 years? I got questioned constantly. I was basically told or at least not appreciated unless somebody realized that I got into the University of Washington or that I took a certificate in technology essentials later down the road. And then they would automatically assume that I was of Washington caliber. Interesting. So I'm telling you this because there are many factors or many reasons why certain things occur, including you know how you get into educational programs and whether or not an individual actually did get into the Harvard or the UPenn or some name brand university. There are some backstories that we all don't know or maybe why they didn't. Now, after that, yeah, it was a little bit of a challenge, but I ended up working for a company that got gobbled up by Google. And then after that, I worked for another company that you probably know, which is Amazon.com. And then after that, I worked for Expedia. So three very big internet brands. Now, did I deserve it? I don't know. Did I learn from it? Yes, I did. And all these different occupations were great, but did they contribute to who I am here today? I... I'm not sure. Yes, I think they've contributed, but did they benefit me or did I benefit from them? 
Well, I'm kind of going off on a lot of tangents, but ultimately what I am trying to tell you is that there are things behind the scenes or there are reasons why certain things occur and it's important to understand them because once you do, you'll have a better, you know, understanding of things and and with that understanding, you'll be able to make better decisions. Because ultimately, like we're debating all the time today, is whether or not you have fake news or actual news or fake information or actual information is whether or not you can actually figure that out. And you won't be able to figure it out unless you start asking the question, why? And when you do, you'll be closer and closer to the actual real information, the truth. And when you have the truth, I think you'll be able to leverage and literally make that a part of your you know, fabric of, you know, in your life or, or frankly, you'll be able to take that information and hopefully build up upon it and, and succeed in whatever you end up doing. But without that inquisitive nature or that curiosity, you'll never end up getting there. And unfortunately, you'll make a lot of assumptions on things that perhaps were never true. So asking why is one of the most important lessons and strategies that all of us should actually apply and and continue to remember and never have satisfaction in our knowledge. We should always be insatiable about our efforts to get information in this world. And if you do stay that way, I think honestly, you'll succeed. One last thing. And it does deal with a little bit of the startups information or literally how people become successful as entrepreneurs. But there is a certain world out there that a lot of us don't even know. And that's the VC world. And the VC world is full of a bunch of individuals who have venture capital to give other people to begin their businesses or accelerate those businesses. Well, this VC world, because they're kind of quiet and on the down low or you know below the radar, They are able to do so many things because a lot of people don't even question who they are or why they do what they do. Now, I'm going to pose this little, you know, not only question to you all or ask you to consider doing this assignment. But I would say if you can look to VCs, learn more about venture capital and try to understand why they even join those ranks or why they've been able to make all the decisions that they have and maybe even question why there's so many other things about them that will make them much more powerful than you might ever realize because these same people are the ones who actually allow us to have a google here today or a facebook without the startup capital that the vcs put into these companies we wouldn't see mark zuckerberg or, you know, Sergey Brin and Larry Page succeed as well as they did. But there was a certain why as to why people actually funded them and why Google or Facebook succeeded. So that's it for me here today on People Real. But I did want to emphasize the importance behind digging into information and, and honestly trying to figure out why certain things happen. And if you are able to apply that, I, I'm almost going to guarantee you'll succeed in life in one fashion or another. You'll have so much information, so many 
new potential possibilities and just overall so much greatness to this world. I mean, today's Father's Day, but a lot of us don't even question why. Or last month that it was Mother's Day and questioning that. Well, what I'm going to tell you moving forward is maybe you should. Because if you do learn, maybe you can leverage it in one way as well or another. Or maybe you'll have a further appreciation of it and take care of your father even more. So I task you. Look up the reasons behind why Father's Day is Father's Day and why it comes after Mother's Day. Because ultimately, once you know good bits of information, and obviously this is kind of random... But for everything else that you're pursuing, you'll be that much more successful. All right. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Incredible set of uh, male beings out there. And uh, happy Father's to you, Appa, uh, Father's Day to you, Appa. I love you. And honestly, I've uh, been lucky to have a father like you. And I hope uh, for the rest of your life that you only experience happiness. All right, folks, that was our latest edition of People Real here in June of 2020, focusing on why. I hope you enjoyed.